I'm here to be an all-time great. You're now rocking with the best. Perfect yellow, perfect yellow, perfect yellow, perfect yellow. The Lakers repeat back-to-back title. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot. The latest Laker news. Another great Showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here, man. I got a very special edition podcast today. I got Lakers sound reporter, Mike Joe. Mike Trudell, man, how's it going, man? Hope all's well with you, you and the family, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to see you. I like the intro, Big Baby. That thing was crisp. I, yeah. t- I yeah. told him that. That's like my favorite intro he got. Yeah. Sir. And I also got my uh, co-host, Angry Lakers Fan TV, man. What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm just excited to be here. You know I always like to be on your platform and have Mike Trudell on here. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, let's get right into it, man. Uh, Mike Trudell, man. Um, how do you think Darvin Ham's going to um, do with this team and what kind of schemes is he going to put out there this upcoming season? Yeah, I, I think that Laker fans should be excited about Darvin Ham. I think that for the candidates that were out there and they went through the process, right, the whole front office, mm-hmm. I think that he was a choice that makes a lot of sense because there are a couple things that you can get out of a head coach. And the one that you can't teach is just a an aura, a personality, a persona the way that somebody is and and that type of person, uh, Darvin's got that connective tissue, uh, whether you're a star, because he's got this, he's just got this kind of self-belief that people gravitate to. And, and I've seen it across the league for many years. I, everybody knows Darvin. Everybody likes Darvin. And of course I got a chance to cover him when he was a Lakers assistant coach from 2011 to 2013. So that was where I started to, to get the basis and the formation for what kind of a coach I thought he would be. And, and then he's really taken a lot of steps since then. And I think that if anybody watched the opening press conference that he did, you can, you can feel that just from, from uh, talking to Darvin or from listening to Darvin. So to get back to the what a coach can have, so he's got that part of it, right? Not every coach does. The coaches that don't have that, you really got to be up on your X's and O's. You really have to come from a long time in the film room and have a lot of coaching experience. And you can kind of – you can lead that way too if you're really an expert uh, with what the – with what the specific basketball things are, I think the best coaches have both of those. And Darvin is, I think, he also has that element, that X's and O's element. We just, we won't know for sure because he hasn't been an NBA head coach yet. But that's something that I think fans should be optimistic about based on just hearing him talk about basketball and the kinds of things that he is able to convey. So um, I, I think that there's a lot of good things coming with Darvin. Yeah, most definitely. You know, most definitely. Um you know, Darwin Ham keeps it real, man. Like he says, press conference, facts are feelings, you know, and um and you're like fan, what you think? Man, I, I love this hire. Like when I first heard about Darvin Ham, he he was actually number one on my list as far as the candidates that was out there. Mm-hmm. Um I think if anybody, let's just say we let let's just say for argument's sake, Westbrook coming back. Um, I think he's the he's the guy that can uh you know, get uh, what's the rest book to uh, play his game on top of it being a contract year. So 
I, I, I think this is good for the locker room and just assisting uh, coaching staff is top notch. So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. And uh, let me see here. Yeah, it's technical difficulties on uh, the end, man. I'm going to bring it back in here, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, man, as uh, far as Darvin Hamm, man, I like his scheme. I like his, his demeanor on the team this year and, you know, and he keeps it real, man. He keeps it real and authentic. Like, you know, like he'll call you out if he has to. You know, he he's not going to, like, baby you, you know. He's going to call you out. He's going to call anybody, LeBron, AD, you know. And, yeah, we got Mike Trudeau back in here, man. Uh, but, yeah, thank you for coming back, Mike Trudeau. Sorry about that technical difficulties, man. Um, but, yeah, like as far as Darvin Ham, I like his demeanor. I like his – um, just like his attitude, you know, he don't like, yeah. I just like him in general as a coach. And like, I know, um, the schemes that he's going to throw out there, but like when, like for next season, man, how do you feel like Westbrook's going to fit with Darvin Ham's system and scheme? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, angry Laker fan hit on this point it, that we don't know for sure what's going to happen, but I do think that the way that Darvin has been speaking about Westbrook and the, the effort that he's been making to try and include him uh, in what the plans are. But doing it, I think, in a smart way where he's saying, hey, look, Russ, there are a couple things that we need you to focus on, right? The first thing is defense and not so much to having the ball in your hand the whole time and bringing it up the floor and being kind of that point guard that he was traditionally because the Lakers do happen to have LeBron James uh, and some other guards who can have the ball in their hands, let alone Anthony Davis. So that spot next to LeBron and AD has to be a, a little bit more of a spot for somebody playing key roles. And that doesn't mean that you can't play great in that role, but that's that's the way that Darvin has described how he's talked to Westbrook so far. And, you know, once you get to the point of that conversation is on wax and everybody's been discussing it, then Westbrook's got to be the one that goes out and plays like that. And, and as Darvin has said, the tape doesn't lie. So I think that that's got to be the right approach, but he hasn't done it in a demeaning way. He hasn't said he's been saying first, hey, Westbrook has accomplished a ton in his NBA career, but for this specific team and this specific unit, because of what the personnel is, you know, we, we would love Russ to focus on a couple of different areas um, than maybe we're focused on last season. And I think that that's basically all Darvin can do. And then we'll see once the season starts, we'll see if um, how the roster plays out. We'll see what the starting lineup is going to be, but the expectations I think are pretty clear. And that's something that you're going to get from Darvin ham. You're going to get guys that, that, that direct, style that and he here's the last thing I'll say about Darvin in, in this style he's a big dude and I just think that the way he, that he carries that is impactful in a way like he it, it's not it's not like he's gonna go fight anybody he's a super peaceful super nice guy but he's just he's got a he's got a presence about him that I think adds something when you deliver and part of that is playing in the NBA part of that is accomplishing what he's accomplished but really it's just more of a if you have any of your friends that carry themselves a certain way like where you know that they can, they're kind of kind of stand their ground. He just, you know, might make you listen a little bit different. That's all. Go ahead, Anger Dickerson. All right, um, I have a question. Um, we we heard Darvin Ham say um, that he wants um, sometimes for Russell Westbrook to be in a dunker spot. Um, do that mean that he uh, wants LeBron James to go back to the point guard position, like bring the ball up? You know, so I wouldn't necessarily. Angry Laker fan, think about it in the context of just of, you know, initiating the offense or bringing the ball up. I'm thinking a lot about it a little bit more in the half court setting 
because in transition, what Darvin wants is that that's where the four one four out one in spacing is super important where you've got two guys sprinting to the corners, right? You've got, uh, you've got somebody filling the lane for a potential lob threat or a dunk threat. And then you've got the other two kind of in transition. But once you get into that half court set, you know, that's where it depends if you've got a space five. So if Thomas Bryant, this is why he might have a, an advantage to start. Um, and this is what Pete's eye my boy has been saying on uh, the Laker film room podcast. If you've got that position spaced out and not in the paint, then you can have, a different roller in there, and maybe it's Anthony Davis, and then you can you can dip somebody down into the dunker spot, especially on the weak side of the floor. Now that might impact the spacing if you, as opposed to having a corner shooter, but you can have both, right? You can have two corner shooters, you can have somebody down in the dunker spot, and then that screen roll action coming. So for me, this is what Darvin says that it's a little bit more just about LeBron um, and or whoever the secondary ball handler might be. It, it could be Kendrick Nunn, right, on a given possession. It could be Austin Reeves. It could be THT. And, and of course, Russ is going to have the ball some, but it's more just th- th- like when LeBron is in the half court, right, Russ is going to have to be the one that is off the ball more and is in that secondary type of spot. So I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and uh, Russell Westbrook, man, I feel like he's going to thrive under Darvin Ham. I know last season he didn't have a good season, you know, and – it's like Darvin going to get these guys to play hard, play with passion, and we're going to be fighting. Because last season, man, we like to me, what I saw, and Angry Lakers fans saw, but like, we didn't fight as hard down the stretch. That's what I saw, too. And I feel like Darvin is going to get these guys to play hard. And you saw in the Summer League, you know, Phil Handy was there coaching. And you saw the guys fighting in the Summer League, too. They're playing great team defense. And, you know, the player that I saw in the Summer League that I feel like should make the roster is Scotty Pippen Jr. What do you think, Mike Trudeau? So. So the summer league is always interesting, right? I've been going to summer league since 2006 and you have to be a little bit careful not to take too much out of it, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some real takeaways. So I I like Scottie Pippen Jr. Also big baby. I think that the issue that he might have is more just that the Lakers are pretty deep in the backcourt now in terms of the personnel. So I, I mentioned some of the guys before mm-hmm. and I like, I don't think you can have Scotty getting minutes over Austin Reeves um, mm-hmm. or over Kendrick Nunn if healthy or over THT. Uh, and and even like Troy Brown Jr., different position, but he can play that that two spot. And then and a lot of this is because you already have LeBron, who is not a guard, but sometimes plays guard in terms of having the basketball on offense. And that doesn't even account for Russell Westbrook. So to me, you know, the guys that I that I think you might see a little bit more of would be a potentially for Cole Swider um, or Jay Huff. And I thought Huff played really well. And as that rim protector who can also shoot the three some. Even though, of course, he would come in behind Jones and, and Thomas Bryant um, if they're going to bring him up. And then Cole Swider, look, shooting is shooting, and he's a knockdown shooter. I mean, he's uh, he's crisp like your intro, big baby. Like, he gets that ball, <laughs> the thing up in the air, you feel pretty good about it going in. And he's got to prove that he can defend on the NBA level. But I think that he would be more likely than Scottie Pippen Jr. And the other name we should mention is Max Christie, who – I think so. Max is still very young, right? He's nineteen. Uh, he he has a long way to go in terms of developing for strength, but he's got some excellent defensive instincts on the wing. And I thought he played really well defensively in, in both summer leagues. That could be a, a type of piece where I could see as the season goes on, you know, January, February, all of a sudden, you could bring him in and give him some real minutes and t- kind of test him out because, especially because he's that uh, that second round pick that the Lakers have really nailed those type of positions with Jesse Buss, the excellent assistant GM and director of scouting. They've really found some gems. And so that's got me encouraged about Max Christie's development as well. 
Go ahead, Angry Lakers fan. All right. Um, you you kind of uh answered my question a little bit, but I'm gonna bring this up. Um, as far as you know, you we mentioned you know how important it is for the big man to be spacing the floor. Um, do you think, like, in your opinion, do you think like down the road that Darvin Ham would be like? I want Jay Huff over Winion Gabriel. You know, it's a good question, uh, Angry Laker fan. I think that at this point, right, other than a couple of guys that are on the roster, there are a lot of openings on this team. And so Winion Gabriel has to come into training camp, and he's got to play well if he's going to get minutes. If Jay Huff is going to try and – if he's going to steal minutes from anybody, he's got to come in and be great. So I wouldn't look at it as an advantage for for anybody other than the established vets that you've already signed, and that would be Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, in part because, of course, Anthony Davis is going to play some center. But for those other guys to get minutes, uh, they're they're going to have to come in and, sh- and earn it and show Darvin Ham why. And whether it, it could be a, a couple things. Huff could be just protecting the rim so well that they're like, ah, man, we got to get this guy in the court. And Gabriel can't do that to that extent. But Gabriel can get out and defend the perimeter a little bit. You know, he's long, he's athletic, he can get up and down in transition, and he can shoot a little. So I think you want to have some wild cards on your roster there in case you have a chance to develop and and put those guys in. But I would say that both of them are in that are in that spot where they're going to have to prove to the coaching staff why they should get any minutes in, in the regular rotation, right, um, over the guys that, that you signed more as primary vets coming into the season. Yeah, most definitely, man. I like I – like- you know, like Wendell Gabriel's game, his athletic protector. And I feel like he's going to get a lot of minutes, too. This just like your team's going to be hungry. Darvin's going to get get this team to fight hard. And I feel like LeBron's going to have a great season in AD. But uh, quite, um, we got to get into it, man. Um, unfortunately, Vince Scully passed away last night. And uh, Mike Trudeau, man, give us your best Vince Scully moment in that have you experienced. Yeah, man. I mean, what a what a man, what a broadcaster, what a legend and a really sad moment for Los Angeles. So I, you know, like a like a lot of people that I think live here currently, I come from somewhere else. You know, Mm -hmm. I come from Minnesota. I first moved here in 2008. And so I was aware of how great Vince Scully was as a baseball fan. Right. But it wasn't until I touched down in this city that I really felt his presence in the way that he makes people feel here. The just that there isn't a higher regard that I don't, I don't know if there's anybody in LA that, you know, other than, you know, Chick Hearn, right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody who everybody liked like universally and you didn't even hear fans on other teams. Like they, they liked Vin too. You know, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause a lot like giants fans, I don't think like the Dodgers very much, but I think they certainly respect Vin Scully, you know? And, you know, I got a lot of, I got to hear a lot of stories from people like, John Ireland and yeah. Bill McDonald, like lifelong California kids that grew up listening to Vin and Michael Thompson, you know, <clears throat> and uh, yourself, right? So mm-hmm. Stu Lance, like, so those guys knew Vin um, some. And so I, you know, I got to meet him a couple of times, but it was just very much, it was, it was very short and sweet and, and kind of, um, you know, hey, thanks for what you do. You're the man uh, is, is the kind of thing that I would say, but I don't have a specific story for myself. I have, I have a million stories that I don't even have time to get to from all those guys. But the bottom line is that he was a, an absolute uh, gentleman of a person. And you could hear that come across in the way that he broadcasted the game. So for anybody that's blessed to be on the air in this city, um, you know, including myself, just by doing the sideline and, and you know, filling in for different things, mm-hmm. it's, I think we, it, we'd always be smart to keep in mind 
what Vin did it, that was great and, and try and emulate it to even to a small extent, right? The way that he approached a broadcast. And, and to me, the way that I try to do that is by, by thinking about the fans, right? Cause that's what Vin did. How, how can we, how can we cover this game, this sport of basketball mm-hmm. uh, in my case, in, in baseball and Vin's case, and what can I bring out of this that fans might not get, get to know or get to hear otherwise. And, and he was the best at it. Go ahead. Andrew Lakers fan. All right, yeah, I'm going to start off by saying, yes, rest in peace, Ben Scully. Um, I'm a diehard Dodgers fan. It sucks I haven't been watching a lot of games because I'll be at work <laughs> like I am now on my lunch break. But, um, yeah, man, I got a, a, probably one last question for you, man. Um, what kind of advice would you give me as, a, as, as somebody who's raw in the, in the sports media right now? Like, what kind of advice would you give me to grow? Well, look, I, I just got to say, I think it's amazing that you're you're able to take your lunch break and, <laughs> and try to pursue your passion like this. Right. Like I I'm so lucky that this is it's my job. Right. To be able to talk uh, to talk about sports and talk about the Lakers. And, you know, a lot of people in your case, you're and if you don't mind me asking, what are you doing for work? Oh, I work at Amazon. Right. So so you're out there and you're you're grinding. Right. Like you're out there. You're trying to you're trying to um, to deliver a service for people. Right. And to make this to make this economy function. And and I, I think I'm, I'm guessing sometimes maybe you have a podcast in or you got something in your ear while you're driving or maybe you got the Laker game on, you got the Dodger game on. And so you're trying to hold on to that passion and, and that passion uh, that you're car- you've, you're carving out the time, which is what you're doing right now. That's the best advice I could give you. So basically, I don't have to give you advice because you're already on top of the game um, to, to <laughs> be able to. No, but it's true. It's true because I think that what people don't don't realize is that sometimes, you know, to try and to try and have a career right in in something that your life circumstance might not necessarily line up for, right? Not everybody gets a chance to go to journalism school like I did. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody uh, has the ability to to follow that uh, in that way, and yet they love sports. They love the the metaphor for life that sports is. And mm-hmm. well, how do you get better at it if you have other responsibilities that you have to have, whether they be a job, whether they be children, uh, whatever those things might be? Um, how can you do it? And well, you're doing it right. You're you're on here. You're clearly knowledgeable about it. Uh, I could tell just from the questions that you ask that you pay attention, that you watch the games, that you read about the games, that you listen to uh, information about them. And so the, the next thing from there is part of what I think what Big Baby is doing as well is by creating your own brand, um, giving people a reason to listen, communicating with other people. And, and so, you know, I, I'm proud of the, I'm proud of the fact that you're already doing that and just keep doing that. And I think that people will notice um, as you as you pursue something that's that's a passion of yours by combining it with the work. And, and that's, again, I think what you've been doing so far. All right. One, 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 one last thing. One last thing. Uh, I know you got to go. Um, um, I'm going to give you a thank you post. I'm going to tag you in a thank you post on my Twitter. Hopefully you'll see it. But I am going to thank you for coming on. Well, I appreciate that, man. So it's, it's a pleasure to see you uh, in this context, and happy to talk Lakers uh, with you anytime. You already know, man. Mike Chadell, man. Uh, real quick, man. Real quick, before you get up on here, man. Tell us a story. I know you work with Kobe, man. Tell us one story that you heard that inspired you. That Kobe told you a story about. Well, in general. In general. Yeah, no, for for sure. For so so, I'll um. You know, my favorite Kobe story, you can just Google, and I, I wrote on Lakers.com about playing ping pong with him one mm-hmm. time, and I'll, so I'll spare you going through the whole thing. But I'll just give you more of kind of like a moment in, that, or in a, an evolution of yeah, the yeah. way that I would talk about things with Kobe. 
And it started like my first couple of years, it was just very focused on, I wanted Kobe to know that I was doing my homework. And that if I asked him a question, it was going to be a good, fair question that was based off of some research uh, and some knowledge and not just some dumb, you know, not just some quick uh, stereotypical type thing. So I wanted yeah. him to know that I was paying attention. And so that was, I think, the basis of, of, um, of the interaction. And then, you know, as I would see him a little bit more in the hotels or occasionally getting off the bus or whatever it was when we were traveling with the team, you know, th- then we would start to talk about a couple other common interests, one being soccer. He would notice I always had soccer jerseys on. I'm a big yeah. Manchester United fan. Uh, Kobe, you know, look, Kobe had all of the best athletes in the world knew and loved Kobe, right? So he yeah. might be in an AC Milan kit one time. He might be some Bar- have some Barcelona action. So he, Kobe... um you know, Manchester United, Kobe knew so many players that he would, I think, support different teams. But of course, yeah. he spent a lot of his childhood in Italy. So soccer was a thing we talked about. Then it was hip hop, right? There was a season where he listened to a ton of Jay-Z when I was listening, when I was having a, a Jay-Z <clears throat> phase. And but eventually the thing that, that was most meaningful to me is that, you know, he's it started once I had my kids right in 2014. I had the twins yeah. and Kobe, of course, with his daughters. And it yeah. became there's there's nothing more important to talk about than your kids. And so it mm-hmm. was just that to me was was meaningful where we would go from kind of, you know, hip hop and sports and and soccer uh, into just sort of, hey, how are the kids doing? All right. What's the latest with Natalia and Gianna? Like, OK, oh, my my kids are playing sports now. Like how how intense are your kids? Do you push them? Do you lay back? And and those are the moments that I'll cherish forever. You know, just getting to hear mm-hmm. a little bit <clears throat> with them as we all got to see what kind of a dad that Kobe was. Yeah, most definitely, man. Kobe is a legend. He'll be missed, man. But uh, Mike Jodell, man, thank you for coming on. Like always, man, I appreciate you, man. And everybody go get you big baby sports merch, man. Link in the description. All right, guys, appreciate it. Uh, nice to talk to you as always, Big Baby, and uh, Angry Laker fan. Uh, nice, to, nice to hear your story, man. And, and, again, I think it's dope that you're doing this on your break. Oh, man, I appreciate both of y'all, man, for uh, putting me on, on the panel with y'all, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Most definitely. All right, guys, take care. Later. Take care. Mike Jadell, once again, man, thank you for coming on, man, and uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. But before I get up on out of here, man, um, I'd like to announce the winner of the NBA 2K uh, Kobe Bryant edition, man, Angry Lakers fan, man, you are the winner of it, and you get a uh, big baby sports T-shirt, man. Man, so I'll much, be looking. I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll wear it on one of my streams, man. Most definitely, man. And uh, make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, and uh, we up on out here. Peace out, Laker Nation. Peace. I'm here to be an all-time great. Now rocking with the best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot. The latest Laker news. Another great showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers!